Good morning, good afternoon or good evening, wherever you are in the world. And the world is still turning. I'm Damien Barr, welcoming you back to the Salon Exclusive Podcast, where we get to tell you about the books that we are most excited about. It is officially the spooky season and we have a literary chiller on the podcast today with The Spirit Engineer, the debut novel by AJ West. It's got all the best bits of Edwardian ghost stories, shadowy seances and mysterious women in white. It is a perfect seasonal haunting historical mystery. It's based on the true story of Professor William Jackson Crawford and the famed or rather infamous medium Catherine Golier. Now she's supposed to have emitted ectoplasm. Make what you like of that. Darren Brown has called the book a fiendishly clever tale of ambition, deception and power and Doctor Who actor Jodie Whittaker has said it's surely set to become a gothic classic. I love gothic. I'm a sucker for gothic. Here's AJ West to tell us a little about the reading we're about to hear. Thank you Damien and thanks so much for having me on the show. The Spirit Engineer is based on the true story of William Jackson Crawford, a professor of engineering in Edwardian Belfast who spent six years investigating the mysterious spiritual medium Kathleen Golliher, only to be found on the 30th of June 1920, sprawled dead on the rocks in Bangor, Northern Ireland, an empty packet of potassium cyanide at his fingertips. The famed magician Harry Houdini claimed he had uncovered the unsavoury truth behind Kathleen's supposed powers, while the spiritualist believer and famed author Sir Arthur Conan Doyle believed William had simply carried out his last and greatest adventure in the afterlife. In the chapter we're about to hear, William has confronted Kathleen about her seances and has been asked to meet her at the tropical palm house in Belfast Botanic Gardens. It's still there, you can Google it. What will our professor discover amidst the steam? The chapter is read by my good friend, actor Dick and Farmer. I jumped from the Stranmillis tram, striding through the iron gates into the botanic gardens as the light turned low. The trees rustled in a growing wind as drops of rain pattered over beds of faded marigolds. Turning along a winding path, the curved dome of the palm house rose up ahead, steel basketwork gleaming white in the dusk. I pulled out my pocket watch, tutting. The dilapidated glass house would close in half an hour. Likely she was not there and this whole thing would turn out to be another waste of my time. Mind you, what if she were there, waiting alone for me? A strange meeting indeed, and there was only one way to be sure. The heavy glass door closed behind me with a sucking noise, my skin prickling in a curtain of tropical air. Come along then, girl, where are you? I said to myself my spectacles steaming over. I paced around the beds, shoes brushing past ferns, clanking over steaming grills. I craned my neck to the crystal roof as a panorama of impossibly tall palms ranged above my head, their ungainly fans reaching far into the sweltering air. Miss Golliger, I said, swatting at a leaf the size of an umbrella. I received your note. It occurred to me, my clothes already damp with steam and trepidation, that Noah might have tricked me with Adelia's connivance. Perhaps this was an ambush, lest I reveal the true nature of the seances. 
I looked over my shoulder, my back tingling. Miss Golliger, are you here? There was a rustling as I moved deeper into the building, tracing past parrot-coloured blooms. I stepped around a cactus the size of a footstool, and there she was, in a plain grey dress, waiting for me. The lenses of her round spectacles were no less occluded than her mother's eyes. Miss Golliger? Professor Crawford, you came? There isn't long. Her hair was tied back, knitted into curls by the humidity. She ran her hand over her fringe. I am glad Lady Carter gave you my note. That woman would give me anything to cause me stress. Do I? Do you what? Cause you stress, Professor? More than you could ever know, child. Then I am sorry. How is Mrs. Crawford? I hope you haven't fallen out. That is none of your business, I snapped. Mrs. Crawford and I are very happy, more so than ever. She is a good wife. I huffed. You must stop pretending to be a spiritual medium, Miss Golliger. That is all I have come here to say. It is immoral. For my part, I must apologise. I made a fool of myself with my matches and my accident, of course. I was not myself. She stroked a pane of glass with her finger. Noah is a monster. He controls people, hurts them. She looked up, holding her hand out. Professor, I do not pretend to be a spiritual medium. At, at least, I don't think so. What is that supposed to mean? She removed her glasses, caught by some private grief. You heard the voices. Where did they came from? I have told you, you are making the voices beneath that hood of yours. It could hardly be more obvious. Next, you will be playing the trombone under there, expecting us to believe in phantom marching bands. She examined me closely, eyes searching. Perhaps, perhaps I ought to hold a circle without my shroud. Would it be safe? I can't tell. I laughed. Oh, yes, and get your sister or some other hack to do it for you. I am a charitable man, but you cannot expect me to believe in your... I wave my arm about. Your amateur theatrics. May spirit guides were the first voices I ever heard, Professor. They have been my closest friends at the darkest of times. She fiddled with the cuffs of her blouse. Only... Only what? Only like you... I had begun to doubt whether any of it was true. Do you know, my older sister Rebecca was a medium before me, so was Mammy once, but she lost her second sight, and now she's losing her first as well. I began to wonder whether I was hearing spirits at all. Perhaps my family were playing tricks on everybody. Maybe I was mad. So you admit it, then. All of it is make-believe. There are no spirit voices. That is not what I am saying, Professor. I removed my hat in frustration, my hair springing up, and she giggled. Your hair tangles like mine. It does. I stepped closer, shoes ringing, sweat bubbling across my shoulders. She always told me you would be handsome, Professor. I handsome? Who told you? You know who, if you'll only allow yourself to admit it. She's been speaking to me for many years. I searched the girl's face. Stop it, I said. She looked down, embarrassed. I'm sorry. Sure I am. I'm, I'm only telling the truth. It is impossible, child. 
A dragonfly landed on her shoulder, cobalt blue with yellow stripes. I was 17 yesterday, she said. Hold your hand out, Professor, gently now. The insect fluttered between us, landing on the tip of my finger. I'm a good age, so nowhere says. I know what that means. She stroked her finger over the insect's back, its body rolling up at her touch. Look, is he not the most impossible thing you have ever seen? But he's real. Why did you ask me here, Miss Golliger? I said, flicking the insect into the air. You have admitted the sittings are false. How did you guess my mother's song? I have never shared it with anybody. Listen, she said, eyes darting. They'll be searching for me already. I told you I'd grown suspicious of my powers. Then when I saw you that night in the rain, watching us across the street behind those barrels, I knew it was you. Elizabeth told you precisely who I was. She told me she had a husband, yes, that he was a kind but troubled man. That is all I knew. But when I saw you that night, I realised I'd seen you a thousand times before. You were hers, and now, at last, I could bring her to you. I turned away. I believe the voices are a performance on your part, Miss Golliger. I am sorry. I have come here to ask you never to speak to my wife again. I believe she may be mad with grief. The girl placed her hand on mine. "'Ye are right to be doubtful, Professor,' she whispered. "'That is why I asked you here. "'What if everything is a lie, as you say? "'What if I am mad? "'I am not here to convince you of my powers. "'I am here to beg you to convince me. "'I do not know what I am.' "'There came a call from beyond the vines. "'Anyone still here? It's closing time!' "'Yes,' I called back. "'We shall be leaving shortly.' Very good, sir. Take your time. The door closed and she laughed. Are you concerned about being seen with me, Professor? Elizabeth would be happy to see you here, I am sure. Lady Carter, too. She was in a horrible temper last night, desperate to hear from her husband. She doesn't understand. All her money means nothing to the departed. They would scream till the gravestone shattered for a penniless widow before making a sign for a king. Isn't that strange? She looked up. If my voices are false, Professor, if the circles were a trick played upon me until my body could be sold for profit, would the spirits not perform best for those offering the highest fee? I could smell her damp skin in the air, the faint scent of almonds. She was dewy, her frantic hair dusted with sparkling droplets. She shifted, blushing. I feel as if the spirits are trapped inside my body, Professor, waiting for you to cut them free. That is why you were sent to me, to prove me a liar or discover the truth once and for all. She nodded, turning to play with the finger of a palm leaf. It is your destiny. You have read too many fairy tales, child. She snapped the leaf away, folding it with her long fingers like a spider on a fly. Stop calling me that, Professor. I am not a child. You must listen to me. Noah says he won't allow you to investigate me, but there is another way. Lady Carter has an evening planned with some rich gentlemen. She refuses to invite you, but I will insist. I will be there alone. Your mother will be with you, surely. No, she won't. Well, your sister, then. Noah, at least. Lady Carter has been very clear about it. None of them are welcome in great houses. If she could have my spirits without me being there, she would. It's lucky my guides taught me how to speak and behave. Whoever taught you they did a worse job with young Samuel, he means you no harm. 
He means me all the harm in his malicious little head. Tell him to stop playing the fool in my classes. He has been mocking me with voices. I will, if you come to Lismara House. Allow yourself to believe, Professor, then all will be true. If the spirits are silent, then I will run away somewhere. There's a girl's home in Bangor by the sea. I always thought I would escape there if anything bad happened to me. If not there, then... Well, I am a blouse cutter. A young woman, I have enough to sell. She touched my chest, her eyes slipping inside my jacket, eyes imploring. I pushed her away. I told you I want nothing to do with your seances, I said. They've done enough damage to my family already. Kathleen stood away, tracing her finger sulkily over a pane of steamed glass. It is too late. She has found you with her song. She will not let you go now. I believe she is searching for Robert. He is alone and frightened and calling for his father. She looked up at the crystal dome above our heads. The evening turned indigo, rain drumming on the glass. Together we stared towards the sky in silence. There is an ocean of souls coming, Professor. Can you feel them? So many dead, more of them every day. Listen to your lost ones before their voices are joined in the flood. She lifted her spectacles, the lenses dripping with condensation, then stepped past me. Lismara Heiss, she said. Our host is Mr. Robinson of the famous department store. Friday at eight o'clock. Please be there. I watched her slip through the wet leaves, moaning to myself. I had come to that place searching for a confession and an apology, a, a promise to stay away. Somehow I had accepted an invitation to another damned sales. I carried my exhausted, sweating bones to the exit, nodding at the caretaker who smirked before jangling his keys. Nate, sir. Outside, the peaceful light moved low, solemn and soft. I wandered through the park, kicking fallen leaves. Would I go? I reached for my pipe, forgetting it was lost, then touched something in my jacket pocket. I pulled out my hand and laughed to see the very thing, along with a box of matches and a pouch of tobacco tied together with a band of cheap lace. Clever girl. Clever woman. So, a dinner party with Mr. Robinson of the famous department store. He was already an acquaintance, after all. Of course I would go. Thank you, Dickon. That was so beautifully read. Uh, and in fact, Dickon will be reading the audiobook, so keep your ears peeled for that. Um, you can find The Spirit Engineer in your local bookshop uh, now, and I'd love to hear from you on Instagram or Twitter. I'm at AJWestAuthor. Don't hesitate to message me. I'm a real talker, um, particularly with fellow book lovers. Thank you again, Damien, for having me on the podcast and a big thanks to everyone at my publisher, Duckworth Books, as well. AJ, you are so welcome and thank you for joining us on the podcast. Listeners, do say hello to AJ on the socials. He loves to hear from readers and he particularly likes pictures of his books on holiday. 
The Spirit Engineer is published by Indie Press, Duckworth Books, one of the most venerable in our country, and available now in all good bookshops. If you fancy a special signed edition, then be sure to shop with Goldsborough Books, who would be only too happy to take your order. They've got a big stack of signed ones. AJ is going to be touring subject to the usual restrictions, so please check with your local indie bookshop for a signed copy and catch him when he's out and about. And as ever, the book is available in our shop on bookshop.org. So if you know anybody in need of a spooky story this season, then please do haunt them with this episode of our podcast. And if you haven't already signed up for our newsletter, then subscribe for exclusive content and be among the first to hear about tickets to our online and in-person events. Because yes, we are going to return in person soon. So check out our newsletter and our website. Um, Oh, and in the newsletter, there'll be a chance to win a copy of The Spirit Engineer. So there you go. Couldn't be any better. Thanks for listening. Join us again soon. And in the meantime, happy reading.